Greetings. Welcome to In Conversation with Trevor, brought to you by Heart and Soul Broadcasting Services. I go beyond the headlines and beyond the sensational. Today I'm in conversation with Dr. Ibo Mandaza, political analyst, publisher, and convener of the Suppers Trust. If you enjoy this conversation, remember to subscribe, to like, and to share. Ibo, I am delighted that uh, I finally pinned you down. Oh, Welcome. Pleasure. Always good to see you. <laughs> Ibo, if, if things had gone according to plan, you'd been in South Africa for the O.R. Temple lecture, which uh, our good friend, Figil Mbalula, decided uh, it shouldn't go ahead. And th there's a, a, a thing in his letter where he says, the ANC is engaged in delicate conversations concerning the Zimbabwean uh, situation. In the first instance, what was your response when you heard that uh, the, the lecture had been postponed? And secondly, are you aware of this delicate conversation supposed to be taking place? Well, in the first place, I didn't know. Um, I was out in Chihuahua yesterday to bury a relative. Condolences. So out, of, out of the network, and when I get in, I see this communication, a uh, missed call from my brother, and comrade David Masondo. So he says, look, uh, it ha what had happened, he told me, was that in the morning, this was built two weeks ago, that I would speak today, this this evening, at 1800. And uh, he tells me, look, there was uh, an anonymous message poster declaring that the lecture was postponed. postponed. They didn't know where it came from. So they issued a statement saying, no, the lecture is still on. Mm -hmm. And then came Malula's directive uh, sent from Harare that the lecture must be off. Yeah, that's first. And I said to, uh, to uh, David, David I said, David, don't understand the input of that letter, particularly since you are a functionary of the ANC. If I will identify them, Let's go with it. I'm postpone quite, it. Let's postpone it. Yeah. You know, indefinitely, but don't, no confrontation. Mm. Said fine. And then um, the rest is history, as you know. The second question is yes, I do suspect that there has been some discussions uh, between the ANC and ZANU mm -hmm. over the elections. Yeah. But I doubt that Trevor would be the one, and not Trevor. I mean, David uh, Masonda. Oh, uh, 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 would be the one uh, in charge of it. Because as I turned out, uh, when Cyril left on, on um, Tuesday night, Tuesday evening. Um, After the inauguration. Inauguration, he left straight away. And Balula and his deputy were left. It appears to me they were discussing mainly ZANU ANC matters. I doubt that Fikila would be of the capacity to mm. deal with the, what he calls delicate issues. Mm. Mm. But I have no doubt that uh, uh, it had been conveyed either over the weekend or subsequently that uh, the region was not happy about the elections. There's no... Uh, I took two, two hints from what Cyril said when he was interviewed on SABC. He was asked why he congratulating M. Nangagwa. He said, well, this protocol... When uh, the Electoral Commission announces somebody as a winner, as regional partners, neighborhood, we have to congratulate him. But that does not preempt the necessity of looking at the report. Mm. He said that. The SADC uh, body has issued a preliminary report. They are still going to sit down together with many other observers and analyze everything. So let's wait until all that comes out. But the Electoral Commission in Zimbabwe has made a declaration, and uh, it is on that basis that we have issued our congratulatory message. And secondly, I will say that he came uh, for the inauguration on the same note, 
But also, in addition, I'll say that there would have been conversations without the heads of state over the weekend. And 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 uh, many of whom would have said, look, sir, you're going to the inauguration, represent us, but also convey the message to Harare that we're not happy mm. with what has happened. Mm. So I think that the nature of the SADC report, not only SADC report, although everyone is emphasizing that, but all the other reports, uh, I met the observers myself, both the heads of missions and individuals, all were acutely embarrassed at what they saw. Mm. All. Mm. Jonathan, Mumba, mm. the uh, Namibian delegation, notwithstanding the grandstanding when they got back home, criticized the report. They all said this is the most, the worst election they've ever seen. Mm. So there is consensus about the the uh, election that this is. Uh, I mean, you and I were here. I mean, I've never seen such. It's the break. worst we've ever witnessed, Ibo. Oh, it was incredible. What a disaster! Yeah. I, I uh, will get to the observers. Um, your sentiments. Um, uh, I think in the, in the night or during the evening, you said. Elections brazenly stolen, and the the voters rendered mere useless statistics, deplorable, depressing. That's what you said. And for me, the deplorable and depressing continues. (laughs) As you're driving around Harare, the city, you can sense it. It's as if something came and punctured. Uh, the whole nation. There is no excitement. Funeral. You, it's your, worse than your, a funeral. Your own comment. I, I, I yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's worse than a funeral. At a funeral, people are crying. Yes. Here, nobody's crying. No. But you can see that they are hurting. There was a very pertinent uh, tweet that you posted. I, I retweeted it. it. It really explains the mood following elections. Not this election alone, but all Other previous elections. elections. But this one is worse. Yeah, it's terrible. And... Uh, for me, the most depressing uh, is the, f- the extent to which people's votes are stolen. People queue for hours to be heard, and then you glibly steal their vote. For me, that's the most cynical part of yeah. the electoral process. I wish we had an alternative to elections, but every time elections come, I couldn't go to my home area during the election because... My people told me, you come here, you put us in trouble. They will not harm you, but when we when you leave, when you leave. we'll be in trouble. So I was meeting them for the first time in, in six months at, uh, at the funeral yesterday. And they told me, I mean, it was horror as usual. Every election is horror. You know, people that are regimented, they are forced onto buses. It's incredible. And for me, what depresses me most is that 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 our people here are so defensive. I saw the Charambas and them issuing some some crazy statements, you know, uh, attacking Mumba. But hell, we're all here. We saw it for we ourselves. We saw it for ourselves. So what is it, yeah. you know? We saw it our, for ourselves. We and it's only, 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 only country in the region that yeah. does that. Every election is a war zone. Hmm? Every election is rigged. I was talking to somebody, a uh, former head of state. Uh, I wouldn't mention him. Uh, he was saying to me a few months ago, why do you guys look for all the elections in Zimbabwe? Every election is rigged in Zimbabwe. And he has been here mm. as observer, as head of state. So the, the, the reputation of Zimbabwe and rigging of elections is now legion. Mm. You know? to, to talk to me, uh, Ibo, about we've been here since every election, since 1980. We continue doing it. Yes. Why is ZANU-PF so intent on holding on to power, being so crude? I mean, take the FAZ desk, <laughs> F-A-Z, um, mm. desk outside the polling stations. Okay, alleged intimidation of voters. The mission was informed that the rural vote may be compromised by alleged intimidation attributed to a group called Forever Associates Zimbabwe FAZ which is said to be a quasi-security intelligence organization. The group was said to have been deployed towards and around 36,000 victims. 
allegations were that people were intimidated to vote in a particular manner and were warned that it would be easy to determine who voted against certain parties. Is it somebody inside who's doing this to discredit the election? Well, what, what's happened? I can't understand I when you what, know that there's observers watching. I think it's our political culture to begin with. A political culture which goes back to the nationalist days when conformity was a rule. You conform if you're in Zapu, you must mm. conform. If you're in Zani, you must conform. You must conform. And uh, people blame it on the one-party state uh, tradition of the Eastern Europe. I don't think so. I think it goes back to uh, what um, Ali Mazrui called the monarchical tendency in African politics, where the leader is king. Mm? You conform. If you don't conform, you're, you're out. You're the enemy. Secondly, the extent to which in Zimbabwe in particular, opposition movements are treated as enemy mm. to be vanquished. Whether the was, media and the opposition yes, are enemies of the Zapu, and and, uh, and Joshua and Como, enemies. Almost killed Joshua. He didn't escape. Of course. Edgar Tekere and Zoom. Almost killed him too. Morgan Shankarai, almost killed. Right? Now, this young man. So, opposition is regarded as enemy. To be vanquished. Almost getting irony. Why do you have the so-called democracy? When you, do, as Stephen Chen put it the other day, Zimbabwe has just opened a new parliament. This yeah, the front, Chinese built. Yeah, the front bench. Okay. And the front bench. Don't you want a front bench of opposition? No? They don't want it. No. So it's a, it's a strange paradox. But also it, it exposes both ignorance and secondly, the extent to which elections now are used as a legitimate, legitimating agency mm. for the illegitimate. Mm. Mm. And, and it's pandering to the West. And I have asked the Western countries, why do you insist on these elections as a center of democracy? And they are here. They pulled millions into the elections. EU, what, Qatar Center, they pushed money into the election. Regardless. Regardless of the warning lights. You know. You're talking of warning lights. One, one other comment that you said, which I found um, significant. You said, regrettably, CCC stumbled into a flawed exercise and witnessed the entire sham. The worst in the history of elections in Zimbabwe. We are back to the future. Could this have been avoided? It could have been. Uh, if, if also to highlight the flaws in our electoral law, to highlight the problems that have confronted us over the last three, five, five elections, to force the system to come to some kind of consensus, there's need for reform. Mm. But in the face of non-reform, you stumble into it. Stumble was, was a modest Yeah, was a modest term. I had a word with uh, Shamisa on uh, Saturday. Uh, last Saturday, and uh, he said, you know, I know you're one of those who advise we shouldn't go into the elections. Well, I think we just as well went into the elections because it exposes the system of what it is. And no one to argue with him. I said, maybe you're right, and I'm wrong, you know. But uh, my point was not just uh, grandstanding uh, if they had stood away from the election. It was really to highlight the same problems we've had for the last elections. And you cannot continue going into it, mm. you know, regardless. And here we are, back to square well, one. What's the option? What's the alternative to not uh, participate, to, to participating? The ultimate option is uh, mass action. That would be the one. Yeah. And I'm told that on polling day, when um, the ballot papers were delayed into the afternoon, early evening, some in the triple C said, look, let's go on the streets. And uh, the, uh, the leadership, leadership as pacifists, said no. Maybe it's right because one of the things where discussions we had in the, in the surface transparency dialogue a few weeks ago, you know, we've been doing an audit yeah. of the electoral process, and the conclusion was that these elections will be flawed. They will not yield the kind of results we want in terms of a free, fair, credible election. And one of the chefs who was on, from the U.S. as Zimbabwean who has worked for Zesson for many years, he says, well, let's make a resolution that if Nelson goes ahead with the election and the, uh, the inevitable happens, he must not push people onto the streets. He must take responsibility on his own. It was very really telling. Wow. Yeah. Why should people die for him? He has taken decision in their name. You know? So I... Uh, 
I will hope that we have learned enough of lessons about failed elections in Zimbabwe and the reasons thereof. That and that's why you know we are pushing for the petition. The petition. Before we get onto the petition, which is a very important thing, I, I just want us to spend a bit of time on the observer missions. Mm -hmm. um, I think you you've just indicated that a lot of people are putting a lot of stock on the SADC mm -hmm. um, um, report because there's a, a SADC. Uh, uh, um, rules on how you conduct elections, isn't it? And and I think ZANU-PF has also tended to brandish the, the SADAC report yes. than, more than any. Now that uh, the SADAC is disagreeing with ZANU-PF, for the first time, ZANU-PF is going for them. The Commonwealth report was also very strong in mm. many respects. The Qatar Center report was very strong. I mean, how... And the, and the AU report. The AU report. The election fell short of many regional and international standards including equality, universally, universality, and transparency. Yes. How do you sustain, how does Mnangagwa and them sustain legitimacy in the face of this? No, they are wounded. The kind of uh, uh, disparagement of these, the, the SADC report in particular is because the SADC report goes to the heart of the matter. It's your own organization telling you I failed. Yeah. And the, and the, and the clumsiness with which uh, Mumbai is being attacked. Clumsiness. Clumsiness. Childishness. You know, childishness. So Charamba's inane statement, you know, and wishing that this thing will, will be killed uh, and Zimbabwe takes over in August next year. You know, the real we we wrote we wrote the rules. You know, I was involved in the writing of the rules. Uh, the organ uh, document, nineteen ninety six. Organ for security, political security, yeah. uh, defense and security. It was initiated by Zimbabwe. We were asked to do it in surplus and ratified in um, in Botswana. Am I right that uh, President Mugabe was on, was the first head of the of that? Office? Yes, he was. He was. Yeah. yeah, he pushed it. You know. Um, now it's inconvenient. It's very clear. Once there is a, a, a disputed election according to the SADC rules, it has to be discussed. And uh, as much as our petition is based on a a view that there should be a, a, a transitional government. The protocol says that. That was one of the options. Mm. Either you go for rerun mm. or you negotiate. A, in 2008, he's informed by the same background, if you remember. Yes, I do. Uh, Genuine. Yeah, and Mbeki and his colleague Mbeki in particular ignored the reality. I remember I was friends with the Makalima, who was ambassador. Yeah. You know, and he said, let's apply the static protocols. Condemned this election. Beck refused. He flew into Harare after the runoff. Remember, he sent yeah. he sent generals here to look at the violence. And I, I, I had a discussion with Romano, who was head of the delegation. I took a, a number of people who had lost their hands to, his, to this South African embassy. He broke down in tears. And he showed me the report as we flew together to Joburg. He was still in Joburg at the time. Yes. It, it was telling, you know. And yet that report was published, but it caused ripples in the ANC to the extent that um, in June two, two, 2008, uh, a cabinet committee was set up on Zimbabwe mm. to look at the. And you know what happened? Yeah. They, they uh, condemned the runoff. But Mbeki flew in. Bob was only at midnight. She was sick. And they flew together to Egypt to the summit, AU's, AU summit. Do you think, uh, um, before we take a break, Ibo, uh, uh, my sense is it's going to be difficult to uh, push the SADAC report under the carpet. Uh, Cyril has to face the SADAC report. Cyril has to face his comrade, uh, uh, the Zambian, pres Zambian president. Is a, is a stage, stage being set for some form of negotiation that could result in a GMU a transitional arrangement. What's your sense? You said you noted the import of Figile Mbarula's uh, letter. Mm. What what is being choreographed here? A GMU in the making. Mm. A GMU in the making. That's why we're making a distinction between a GMU and transitional government. We'll come to that. But yeah, I I believe. Well, I know because apropos our petition. I've been in touch with all the governments in the region, you know, at the level of 
ministries of information, of foreign affairs, I mean. It's clear that this would not be put under the carpet. It's there, there is clearly no legitimacy. Yeah, no, no legitimacy. And even one, someone even said that the inauguration the, of Emerson can be reversed under the rules, clearly. Uh, conversely, this is why Emerson and them pushed for the rush. The rush. You know, the same one that Bob did in 2008. <laughs> same script. You, yeah, same script. To, to preempt a static position. Okay. Now, would, will Sadek allow that again? I don't think so. Ibo, I'm going to hold you there. Let's take a break. Don't go away. When we come back, uh, Ibo and I are going to get into the petition that uh, uh, Ibo and Tony Ryla have initiated, which, has, uh, which is picking up uh, quite a lot, lot of momentum. So see you on the other side. Clearly, Emerson cannot uh, rule this country in the backdrop of the SADC report. Welcome back to our conversation with uh, Dr. Ibo Mandaza, political an analyst, publisher, and the director of uh, the Surface Trust. Ibo, when you look at the scorecard after the elections, as you and I sit here, the country is worse off than before the elections. <laughs> Legitimacy is gone. It's worse. Um, national fragility is a huge issue. Toxicity is going to be high. The sanctions issue even raises a bigger head. Commonwealth admission is off the table. Engagement, <laughs> which uh, uh, ED has been talking about, is almost dead. Mm. So what was the point? I think uh, looking back a few months ago, and I got this from very reliable quarters. Uh, Emerson didn't want elections. If also because he knew to be messy. And I think also knew that he's unelectable. Absolutely. And uh, he sent out uh, emissaries to Shamisa in March on there. So let's postpone the elections for two years. Let's have a government of national unity. And in two years, uh, I end over. I'm going. I asked my informant who were the emissaries, and they named them people in Emerson's cabinet, the inner core. I went further, I wanted to know what was the rationale behind the argument for. This postponement, yeah. GNU. And the response was that uh, the military were too involved in elections. Mm. And the one we are getting, putting paid to that was to have this. Well, I didn't want to pursue the discussion. But I, I sort of um, understood that the military was meant to anger, you know. Yeah. Um, but later on, I realized Fez. All this, remember, many of Emerson's inner core lost in the primaries because of Fez. Um, but this was a conversation a few days before Sharumbira's disastrous Karanga deal. Yeah, Karanga deal. And there was clearly a relationship between the offer being made uh, surreptitiously, so to speak, to, uh, to uh, Shamisa. Shamisa and the Karanga, Karanga deal. deal. Now, well, I know reliably that uh, Shamisa refused the deal. Okay. If also because he believed he was going to win the election anyway. Mm. You know. But I mention this because I think that the... I would not be surprised if Emerson throws up the idea of a genuine mm -hmm. uh, now to preempt the SADC uh, action, whatever it might be. And in keeping with on, it's all indication that he wants to leave in the next two years. Hmm. That's 2025. 
he's not young. He says 81, but we know from our own records, he was born 1938, he's 85 next week, the 12th of September. So he's young. I've heard, I've heard 25 mentioned a number of times. Yeah, for the different reasons. Yeah. But I think mainly, the, I think that you're he, trying to avoid the Mugabe mm. fiasco, where you overstay. But also, he's been battered. Huh? This has been a difficult time for him. But, but this doesn't help in any way. The place, this sticky situation where we are doesn't help him in any way. Well, this is where the, the static uh, heads of state have to put their heads together uh, on the strength of all this information and indeed what he might have told them. And one of the things that has been worrying him is his failure to get the military back to the barracks. It has been a major, major uh, problem for him. So all Paolo accounts, accounts, the men must be very tired, you know. And so uh, I have reason to believe he wants to use the next two years as transition exit. He has to get out peacefully. Yeah? There are too many uh, imponderables. There is, there is. Um, let's go to your petition, uh, Ibo, which... Uh, um, you initiated with the with Tony Rila, uh, to the SADC uh, organ for politics, defense, and security. And it's uh, titled A Call for Political Settlement in Zimbabwe. My question, why the petition? Uh, well, we had done a petition before for Sikala, if you remember. Yeah. And we thought uh, petition is about the best way of, one, mobilizing the population. Yeah. Um, and raising consciousness thereof of the issues at hand. And secondly, we are also a helpless a civic society. What else can you do? You know, and thirdly was to more or less um, a favorable response to the SADC report. Mm. Mm. You know, we thought people are all quiet about it. You know, and I remember I tweeted once that, yeah. where, where's Cyril, where's Ichlema? The man has spoken Mumba. And he needs support. He's, he needs backup. he's being savage he's in Harare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the things that informed the petition. Um, and uh, like all petitions, never know the response, but we have over 30,000. Yeah. When I looked at it um, yesterday, you were over 30,000. Yeah. And you're averaging around 300, 400 uh, signatures a day. And that's so, substantial. So well done for that. That's yeah. hugely substantial. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for uh, Zimbabweans out there, I think this is an opportunity for you to, if you really care about this country, if you don't want to go onto the streets, maybe, you know, uh, putting your signature on that petition is a way for you, uh, for you to show that you do care about uh, this country. Like Trevor did. Absolutely. I signed, <laughs> I signed the petition and, and uh, uh, tweeted, uh, tried to contribute. It wouldn't take my money, but I think it's a, it's a technology issue. So let's just break down the components of, uh, of uh, the petition. Uh, what are you proposing in the petition? If we could go through... The first the, is... The, first, the, first, the three main issues. The first is to acknowledge that the elections were flawed. So that's the first. The second, that they, we have always called for a mediator settlement in Zimbabwe. I put it since, since 2016, remember? Yeah, yeah, I do. The idea of a transition authority. Um, you, you, by the way, before you go on, you are also convener of uh, the Concerned Citizens. Yeah, platform Concerned Citizens. So these platform. things tie in. Yeah, together. tie in, yeah. 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 Okay. So we had been, uh, just for your information, we had been in conversation with DECO. In South Africa, South Africa. Since, Department of um, yeah, since uh, since January, on the idea of an international conference on Zimbabwe towards a comprehensive political and economic settlement mm. in Zimbabwe, and if need be to preempt the elections, which we knew would be what they were. And I think you saw my article in the Sunday Times. Yes, I did. We said little in that, but it's very important to for you for this program yeah. that they know we we had been discussing the idea of international conference on Zimbabwe at the end of which will be appointed uh, three or four eminent, eminent persons. And DECO, in our discussions, recommended the Motlante. Uh, and we thought Obasanjo, uh, Obasanjo indicated in October already that he was quite prepared to. Then uh, Kikwete in Tanzania mm. and Uhuru. We have been in touch, uh, I've been in touch with Kikwete, but he's also holding his cards to himself. 
But basically, we believe that the eminent persons will be the ones to negotiate whatever is to be concluded in Zimbabwe. Mm. We didn't feel as uh, facilitators strong enough or legitimate enough to represent any interest. We thought the eminent persons mm. would be the ones to canvas opinion in Zimbabwe and in the diaspora. Well, DECO was agreeable. The meeting should have been held in uh, June, but it depended very much on Cyril. And they, so the appointment was set up for me to see Cyril several times, never got to meet him. I met his wife uh, at a funeral in Joburg, and she, on her part, uh, was kind enough to convey my message. I got a call from Cyril's office. I'm still waiting for the appointment. Mm. But it was clear to me that the DECO, in particular, the minister who was a former student of mine in Botswana, and Zain Dango, the DG, are on the same page with you and I, mm. about Zimbabwe. Mm. And they've been thinking about it. Mm. So when we came with this initiative, they were happy to you. But of course, you can't move uh, without South Africa. Our reading is that anything to do with Zimbabwe, South Africa has to be central to it. Mm. Mm. And anybody who tries to avoid that, notwithstanding the problems like Balula, yeah. would be really self-defeating. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so, the, the so waiting is, to hear. Yeah. So the petition now is, we thought we use the formalities of the organ, which is the one in charge of elections, but which is the entry point into the summit, to get the petition to to, uh, to Zambia, to Ichilema as, yeah. as head of the organ. We have succeeded. It's, it's gone. Uh, we asked for a copy uh, on Saturday. We gave them. And I'm on standby to go up there if mm. necessary. Mm. But it's now in it's the now public domain, there. yeah. Well, one interesting thing that you do, uh, a couple of things actually, the um, the cleaning up of our electoral laws, uh, reform, removing military uh, interference, constitutionalism and rule of law. You also suggest establishment of a sovereign fund. fund. You share with uh, the viewers the the thinking about around that. Well, I mean the 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 reputation or the history of sovereign funds is now known. The su- most successful one being the one in in Norway, uh, where a uh, proportion of the revenues from the oil, North Sea oil, has been invested for posterity into the national fiscus into the national program of of Norway. Mm. So the idea really was that. The idea of a sovereign fund is overdue. I believe it's there in, in, on paper. But the idea was to see how these enormous revenues from uh, exports, especially our minerals, mm. the diamond story. Mm. You know, lithium. Yeah, lithium. How that could be uh, sort of exp- uh, kept in the sovereign fund. For the benefit of the citizens. Citizens. And systematically invested in infrastructure, in health, in education. That's the whole idea. But we also had a, a, a footnote to that. The idea was to, to engage international experts who can trace the money stashed out there. Uh, estimates are between 30 and $35 billion out there. You know, uh, which uh, the ADB reported two weeks ago through one of your papers mentioned $23 billion which has been lost in Zimbabwe through illicit financial flows. And I said to myself, that's an underestimate. I mean, just, should be more than just gold mafia alone yeah. was a good 20. It take the 15 billion from diamonds. I mean... There, there was a proposal made when uh, the so-called uh, dispensation came in that draw a line in the sand and say, and say, whoever stole stuff, come up and tell us what you stole. And uh, maybe you might be forgiven. You know what the South Africans did with uh, the um, foreign investment by uh, Africaners and that kind of stuff. And one thought that there would be an interest in doing something of that sort. But clearly, having seen what's happened over the past five years, nobody would in, in the in the current in the Nangagwa's government would take this seriously because most of them have been basically eating. There, there would be the people that have been taking the money out. Now that you mentioned that, you remember. When Tsumba was uh, governor of the Reserve Bank, he did uh, something like that to encourage. I think he raised the interest rates at home, which made it very prohibitive to borrow. So many of the elites brought in the money. Money. I remember once walking into Rainbow Towers, and there was one of these uh, 
Zimbabwean elites. A briefcase opened, there was a little blue to change. So I went to greet him, and he had words and words of US dollars and pounds. He was changing <laughs> at the window. But, <laughs> but that was part of the game, to bring people to bring their bring money, the money in. in. But as you said, nothing, nothing, nothing no, nothing no one speaks about it. Yeah, when my friend came here in 2020, 2017, Peter uh, came to give the Pan African lecture at Sapis. And he arrived and said, ah, Ibo, I see no cranes in uh, Harare. You know? You know, after the, uh, the, the pirates in the Indian Ocean, Nairobi was booming. Because yeah. these pirates were, were investing in Nairobi. So he says, well, even five billion would be, there was no single crane. And you know now, I mean, I was in East Africa last year on a pilgrimage back to my roots, uh, Tanzania, Dar es Salaam University. And they are 40 years ahead of us now. It's 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 heartbreaking. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's heartbreaking, and in a way, it gives you hope that the disaster that Nairobi and Dar es Salaam were, with the right kind of leadership, yes, um, things could turn. Ibo, let me move you to. I, I was I was looking at the difference between the process towards the GNU mm. and where we are right now. Yeah. Are they, do you see any similarities at, at all? I mean, you, you, you and I have already talked about that. Did you get an invitation, by the way, to the, to the inauguration? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> you and I have already talked about that. Did you want one? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see whether you got one. We've already talked about the rushed inauguration. That's exactly what Robert Mugabe did. Mm. Rushed the inauguration, then the pressure from the region, and then... Uh, uh, MT and uh, and others uh, and, and Robert Mugabe get to sit and then a GNU comes out. Is are there any similarities that you're seeing in this? Oh yeah, definitely. Talk On, to me about that. The imperatives are quite self-evident. Clearly, Emerson cannot uh, rule this country in the backdrop of the Sadek report and all the other reports. It's a big disaster for him, and there is no way. And given the backdrop I gave you about uh, his intention to go in two years, I have no doubt that the GNU thing is in the in the offing, mm-hmm. and that's why we are coming in with the idea of a trans- transitional, transitional uh, government because transitional authority, I want to call it, the idea that they must go beyond the GNU. GNU was MDC and Zanubia mm-hmm. hmm? with disastrous consequences. It was not well, it was not well defined. In terms of who gets what, mm. like coalitions are defined as in Western Europe. It's clear definition. If there's a coalition between us here, we know the Minister of Finance, yeah. Minister of Defense, it's well defined. And two, it must be based on a, a reform agenda, yeah. such as we have in yeah. our petition. And thirdly, it must have a big component of civic society, by which I mean broadly. Academia, labor, labor, women, women, youths, uh, youth, mm. business, business, churches, the, the churches, diaspora, and we think that uh, if, as for my view, that if you have um, thirty ministers, cabinet, should be ten. One third is NPF, one third uh, is C, one third the civic society, mm-hmm. made up of among them technocrats, mm. the Trevors, for example. Mm. who can infuse some kind of sense, mm. play a mediation role between the two, mm. right? Uh, which are really uh, have, uh, are lacking in expertise. Mm. Mm? I mean, if Shamisa had won or allowed to win, what, what would be his government? Who would be there? You know? So we think that this is one way of repairing the damage, get, get the transitional government mm. to undertake reform, and then you have elections, you know, uh, partisan elections, if you wish. But we thought that, uh, and if you ask my view again, how do, how do you proceed? I would say that uh, allow Emerson to, to head the transitional government. Okay. You trust him to do that? No, but uh, if you talk about transition and knowing the kind of uh, difficulties that would be attended to any attempt to have him marginalized, you know, you know as long as he's, he's, he's party to a, a broader framework that includes technocrats. Yeah. No problem. That's clearly defined. And also the transition is an old man. And as all transitions go, you, you can just avoid the outgoing person. No. Not to stand in the controversies. 
I would say I would go along with that, you know, and presided we it's well defined. Yeah. And all of us understand what's to be done. Mm. A couple of things there before we go to 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 our, to our second break. One, you, I think you've already indicated the GNU was a lost opportunity yes. in terms of reform. And our good friend Professor Adam Tambara, sitting there, the former Deputy Prime Minister, sitting where you're sitting right, right now, did admit that one of the key expected outcomes from the GNU was reforms, mm. and they didn't do that. That's the first thing. The second thing, the sense, you know, you and I were involved long back around transitional authority. And people are pushing back and saying, no, it would be illegal. You'd need, um, uh, you'd need, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, some plebiscite of some sort for people to say, let's go the TNA route. What's your views on that? We have, we have interrogated that issue. And we had the, the BTs and others make pronouncement on that. It's very simple. An act of parliament, you know, uh, such as was done for the uh, longest house. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it can be done. Okay. Such, was, such as was done for the genuine. can be done. Ibo, I'm going to hold you there. Um, we'll come back. When we come back, we're going to... Uh, go to issues around the toxicity. How do we cure tox- the toxicity in the country, the culture uh, of our politics? Can can that can that be changed? And uh, I think indeed, um, he, would a TNA be a way of uh, uh, pressing N- the reset N- button? NTA. NTA. Would yeah. it NTA? Sorry. Would it be a way of uh, pressing the reset button? Mm. Please don't don't go away. Um, see you on the other side. Coups have never been good for any country, you know. But there was also a threat where a coup begets a coup. Welcome back to our conversation with Dr. Ibo Mandaza, political analyst, publisher, and the director of uh, the SAPES Trust. Ibo, we've been saying for a long time that our country is broken. Our nation is broken. And in, your, in, your, uh, in the petition that you and Tony Rila have put together, you do touch on that. So what is broken? It's our national institutions that have been personalized. The army, the military, ineffectiveness of, uh, of parliament. And I have been saying for a long time that I, I don't think we can even trust the opposition mm. to get into power now as things are no. and hope that they will reform. No. But when you say that, the opposition says, oh no, you are, you are not the Democrat and so forth. But I really and honestly believe, Ibo, we are so broken that this idea that the petition is running with, is what we ought to be focused on. Mm. That's If some good is going to come out of this mess that we're in right now, is that we all get together mm. and decide what kind of Zimbabwe do we want. Do you want to push back on that? Yeah, precisely. We have really gone as far as saying, look, because uh, there are always accusations, allegations that Ibo and them want to come into power through the back door. So we've declared uh, publicly that we are facilitators of no intention of getting into any government, let alone a government of Transitional government. We must be facilitators that remain so. I'm 75 years old now. I have no uh, intention of getting into government at all. But that, but that we believe we have a role mm. to play. Now, uh, ideally, or conventionally rather, the transition authority is possible when there's blood on the floor. Mm. When we have murdered half, half of ourselves. And people say, look, you know, Something has to an Amsters, longest house. Yeah. Now I don't know if we've reached that stage yet. I think we're almost there, but we're not yet there. But you know, continue. Yeah, <clears throat> and I'm saying that with better reason, one could actually have a transition authority, which preempts that. Do we have to have, we have blood? To get there? No. So we really believe this is an opportunity. Hence our petition. This is a time we can put our heads together. 
with the facilitation of the region, South Africa in particular, mm -hmm. I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. So here's my point, uh, uh, Ibo, and push as hard as you may. If you love Zimbabwe, you can't be happy with any of this stuff. No. You can't be happy with the way Nelson Chamisa is running his thing. You can't be happy with the way Mnangagwa is running uh, Zimbabwe. Mm. They are not doing it for Zimbabwe. Mm. They're doing it for themselves. Mm. Okay? If you love Zimbabwe, you'd say, it's not about Nelson Chamisa or CCC. It's not about Zanupia for Emerson Mnangagwa. We're in a terrible place. We need healing. We need to come together. And how do we do that without saying, Let's all come together, press the reset button, mm. and start afresh. It's about the love for Zimbabwe, not the love of my political yes, party. Do you want I, to push I agree. back? I agree entirely. Uh, one, one of the most encouraging aspects of, since the petition was launched last Thursday, that we have had, had no coherent opposition to it. Neither from Zanupia. Except a couple of people that say, Mdara Mauda Yeah, that, that's kind of stuff. But but inane stuff, you yeah. know. Um, and I remember even one of these uh, Matigari was a oh. very prominent, you know. He says, "What what's Ibo smoking?" <laughs> and I answered him because I do interact with him uh, on on Twitter. Though I don't know who he is, but he is very competitive, you know, on if Twitter. And I think that people like that need to be. But they gone silent now. And Triple C has been more ambivalent. I mean, I spoke to Shamis on on. Saturday, he claimed he had not seen the petition. I said, how is that possible? You know, uh, you know, you know there's another story. But uh, I said, your own spokesman has retweeted it. What's it, Mkwananzi? Yeah. And many others, you know, I don't want to mention names, but they, they, they've signed, you know, many in the diaspora have signed the petition. I can only say that there is consensus, really, on need of, of resetting, right? Mm. The problems would be how to go about it. Mm the dynamics so that's why i'm thinking that if get uh, outside mediators who will understand what you and i want mm. and then begin canvassing and getting opinions of people yeah and eventually uh, assist in the formation of this transitional government my sense people is that anybody who doesn't sign up to the to the petition that you put together is after a power grab mm. <laughs> and we should not allow a power grab a power grab that's sectional that's yeah. for one side mm -hmm. uh, and not the other side. We're in such a terrible place that we really honestly need all of us. And your definition of who should be around the table, for me, is inclusive. And that's mm. where we want to be going. Yes, yes. But one thing also which is very encouraging is that, uh, notwithstanding the ignorant, ignorant, ignorant uh, outpourings on the, on the subject, the decision authority is good for everybody. Absolutely. The winners and the losers. And I remember that... Um, when we coined this term uh, 2016, Morgan Shangri refused it outright. He said, why must I waste my time? I'm winning the elections 2018. But that's the thing, yeah. you know, it's not about you winning and, the and, elections. And uh, ZANU-PF guys were saying, we're in power, why must you worry, you know? But you found that the, 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 uh, the attitude towards the NTA softened on the part of those who, were, who lost in the, in the coup, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They began talking about it. And now, clearly, you can imagine who's calling yeah. for it, you know. I know intuitively, uh, not factually, intuitively, that uh, Triple C, and including Shamis himself, will be groping at the idea of a transitional mm. government, even if they don't understand the mechanisms around it, mm. you know. And especially now that we are saying, no, we, can have, we don't want, we don't, we don't want uh, ZANU-PF, no, 3C to drive the, pro the no. process, no. We can all do it together, but we want any of them to be in charge of the process. Because, you know, the, I think the, the other bottom line, Ibo, um, is that the two parties are really a minority. You know, when you look at the yeah. bigger uh, population, as it were, the 16 million of us. Anyway, let's proceed uh, to uh, another very important issue. I believe that if you make democratic expression by the electorate impossible, the electorate will find other means mm. to express themselves. Um, like you're saying, people are saying, if Chamisa does ABCD, you know, don't don't allow the people to go onto the streets. We've mm. seen coups in Gabon. Mm. We've seen coups in Mali. Mm. We've seen coups in Niger, Burkina Faso, Sudan, and Guinea. We had a coup here. 
which was an expression of uh, an internal uh, altercation as we should, we should take over. Mm. Should we not be avoiding this kind of thing? I know there's a different reason of explaining each coup, but at, at the bottom of it is uh, disenchantment with why certain people are in power mm. and others are, are not in power. Do you see this being a threat for us? Yeah, and I hope, hope it doesn't happen. Uh, we have all said, as political uh, uh, economists, coups have never been good for any country, you know. But there was also a threat where a coup begets a coup. Of course. And what we have is what's even worse is the blessing of the coup legally. Through the ballot paper. Through the, no, no, in, in, in tuition judgment. Well, right. Oh, yes. Tuition judgment, ipso facto says that uh, the military is entitled to intervene. So we have de facto yes. a military, a military yes, government. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very telling. And unless that is cured, we're not going anywhere. That's why we talk about yeah. restoration of constitutionalism. We have a coup government in place. We have a military, secret government in place. We, which, which brings the other point, uh, Ibu, that uh, the judiciary has been messed up. Ooh. So um, all that needs to be cured. Oh, yes. Who is interested in doing that except the entire citizenry? Um, we should go the way the way Kenya went huh, a few years ago. Yes. They had every judge resign. And those who didn't want to resign, they had to give good reason why they couldn't. 90% resigned. But remember, it had to come to a head of tremendous bloodshed in Kenya. Yes. For Kenyans to do that. 2007. Do we need to get there? I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. Um, Ibo, you're doing an amazing job. Before I let you go, uh, through the citizen, citizen, Consent Citizens platform and uh, the Sapis Trust, uh, you're saying you're, you're, how old are you now? 75. 75. Why do you do this stuff? Well, I've been into politics in, in, uh, initially, inadvertently, as a young boy. Uh, my brothers were big in Zabu. I was taking high fields, you know, and then on to university at a time when national sports was bubbling. So in many ways, I'm a product of, my, of history, you know. Uh, most of, of my generation ended up in the struggle. And so it's a, can I say, it's a, a commitment to this country. Mm. That we that this is a great country, and I always say, you know, I was speaking to Bishop Bakare yesterday, and I said, you know, how are you? He says, I'm very sad, frustrated. And I said, Well, come from a bishop, let me so tell sad. you, uh, there is a tomorrow in Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. and it's the idea of the tomorrow that keeps me going. We, we live in the neighborhood, I mean, I lived in Zambia, I've lived in Tanzania, I've lived in Mozambique. Uh, and I've seen this country turn around. And some years ago, we were discussing turn around. Was it 18 months we can turn this country around? 18. So you, you have hope? Oh, yeah, 18 months. And we have the skills. I mean, one of the uh, options, you were talking about the options, uh, one was mass uprising, coup, and so on. One of the options which we Zimbabweans have taken is leave the country. We have 75% of our professional people outside the country. Six million Zimbabweans out there. Uh, the, the right side of it, of course, is that uh, remittances is almost mm. two billion a year. But which country can survive when, uh, when half of your soul is out there? Half of your talent is okay, out there. No, you know, so we have to rectify this. And this reform agenda we're talking about includes that. Mm. Dealing with the diaspora, making them part of our, mm. ourselves, which they are, you know. Mm. So there is a tomorrow. There is a when tomorrow. I see Zambia, I'll just come around. When I see Tanzania, where 1980 there was no sugar in the hotel. <laughs> I was in Kenya in April. I mean, talk, I talk about the cranes. Yes. Talk about the cranes. Those, those highways. And, yeah. Ibu, you, you were in, you were, you're one of those senior, um, first uh, senior African civil servants in Zimbabwe in 1918. <laughs> when you look back, the hope that you talk about now, compared to the hope you had in 1980, where are you? Well, twofold. One is that I feel partly capable. Why? Having, having been there, 
We saw, we saw the rot taking place. We saw the Gukurawundi taking place. We saw Mugabe going off the rails. Well, fortunately for me, in that hindsight, I was fired. 1990 through you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were not going to mention that, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, remember the the story, yeah. We, we used to have this annual review uh, absent. Trevor was the editor of the Financial, financial Gazette. Gazette. So a young man asked me in the in the meeting at Parkland, uh, "What do you think of the one-party state?" I said, "It's out of touch with reality." And to the headline next morning, <laughs> and that day you got fired. The Zanu Congress. Was on. Uh, I don't know where, but I got calls. And I was fired. Uh, two reasons they gave. One was that um, I was delving into politics as a civil servant. Mm. And that was the setting in of the road. Yeah. So because what you did was stand up, stand up and speak your mind. Yeah. And what I did was to report what you said. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets at all. But I, I, I think that. Uh, we, I feel comfortable all the same. We're part of this thing. And, and maybe we, we, the first mistake that was made by us was to break the patriotic front mm. and decide we're at Lancaster. Mm. We're at Lancaster's patriotic front. When we got home, no one told us why. And remember confronting the leadership. I said, why are you doing this? Mm. He said, oh, the people at home have told us that if you go to Zappu, you lose. I said, how is that possible? Zappu will win. That part of the country, which they did, yeah, twenty-six, and we win this part of the country. Mm. That's that is the the, the, the That's alliance. hundred percent. Yes. Oh, but uh, you know the rot went so the, beyond the, our time. The rot or Igbo, uh, which is I think the last issue that I want us to handle before I get on get on to books. Do you think this toxicity that we have, this hatred of the other, if you are if you are perceived to be that one, you know, Ibo gets a, 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 a label because he has said something which mm. is closer to Zanapia for closer to CCC. Mm. There is hate, hatred. Mm. People will adapt people to torture them because you, 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 have, you have different views from them. Mm. Does it come from there and can it be cured? It can be cured. Le it requires leadership. That's it. Leadership can be stopped tomorrow. But the leadership, sadly, are capable. Absolutely. This is where the problem is. On both sides. On both sides. On both sides. Yeah. I must say that because every time I say But in particularly on the state side. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the state has yes, monopoly of violence. Violence, yeah. They have monopoly of violence. Yeah. But we ought to get to a point where our opposition also realize that they are government in waiting. Mm. And that their conduct, their pronouncements also ought to measure up to people that are uh, government in waiting. Mm. 100%, you know, the, 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 the government of the day has monopoly of violence and therefore should conduct themselves in a much better, uh, serious way than, than what we're seeing right now. I want to put you on, on the spot. You, you are a publisher. Uh, are there any books that you'd recommend for our 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 viewers love books? Uh, put you on the spot, but you are you are an academic, you are an intellectual. Any books that you'd recommend? Three books that would help us understand the state of African politics, the state of African political economy. One 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 uh, that I always treasure so much is David Cote, Under the Skin. Mm. The Death of White Rudiger. Right. I think it's a compulsory reading. Okay. Yes. The other is the one-party state debate, mm -hmm. which I edited with uh, Sajikori. Mm -hmm. And one which is still from our library, which is still uh, very much in vogue, is Zimbabwe, the political economy of transition, mm -hmm. 1980 mm -hmm. It was the first, one might say, um, confession by those academics, intellectuals, that six years after independence, we already failed. Mm. So it's kind of confession. Mm. Um, but also sits with all the people that you can think of. Um, Sam Moyo. Yeah, the late. Uh, Dan, oh. Dan Lela, mm. uh, Lloyd Sajikonye. You know, uh, it's an important book. On the, on the other hand, 
Uh, we are looking forward to biographies, autobiographies. Yes, yeah. so you got that uh, when is yours? Mm. I've started. I've started mine now. You know, I look forward to reading. That. And I also have uh, one coming up with uh, uh, Mudambo. We need to write more, isn't it? Yeah, we, we need to we, write we, more. Yeah. Ibo, thank you so much for coming. I love what you do, and you know, for people out there, for Zimbabwe to get out of this, uh, I think it's important for us to build institutions. Mm. Uh, and what you're doing is exactly that with uh, the Service Trust, for us to be engaged citizens. Mm. And through the platform for consent uh, citizens, is exactly that. And not to be afraid to be different. Mm. That's very important. Courage. Absolutely, courage, mm. which a lot of people out there don't have. Yeah. So, Ibo, thank you so much, my brother, for thanks, thanks, coming man. at very short notice. Well, good to see you. Thank you. <laughs> Remain sitting there. Allow me to tend to our viewers who are all over the continent. Uh, all over the world. Thank you so much for uh, your support. Uh, remember, we are a weekly show. We are out every Monday at 7 a.m. Central African time to ensure that you don't miss out on any of these quality conversations such as one I've had with my brother Ibo here. Please press subscribe, like, and share. And by the way, we've gone, be, we've gone a step further and create and put all our uh, content on our website and podcasts there for your listening pleasure. And we love your comments. Uh, we read your comments and we love your suggestions. So thank you so much for your support. Until next time, cheers to you all.